What's up, y'all? I got a dance deal for you, Chicago. Hubbard Street Dance heats up the Harris Theater stage with its spring series of joy next week. Now, this is some of the most dynamic, cutting-edge contemporary dance made by the world's leading choreographers right here in Chicago. I'm excited for Echoes of Our Ancestors by Maria Torres, among other creators. But you can only catch it for three performances between May 17th and May 19th. Luckily, CityCast Chicago listeners can get tickets in any section for 20% off using code CityCast online or over the phone. Visit HubbardStreetDance.com for details and use code CityCast. Today on CityCast Chicago. Nah, nah, it's not just you. The CTA is running fewer trains and buses than before the pandemic. In fact, the CTA has cut some lines down as much as 30%. The Chicago Tribune, Sarah Freistadt, has been digging into the numbers and she explains why public transit is struggling to rebound. It's Monday, October 16th. I'm Jacoby Cochran and this is what Chicago's talking about. Sarah, welcome to CityCast Chicago. Hi, thanks for having me. Before we get into the details, what has your experience been like on CTA over the the past year or so? Yeah, you know, I think (laughs) um, probably the same experience as a lot of people. I have found myself waiting on train platforms um, far longer than I would like to be. Sometimes, you know, I've I've been late to a few things I shouldn't have been late to. <laughs> uh, right, you, I'll admit you it. planned accordingly. <laughs> you looked at the schedule before you left the house, and then the train still had other plans for you. Sometimes it did. Uh, yeah, just kind of at, at the mercy of uh, whatever. I live off the blue line, so whatever the blue line had in store for me. Mm-hmm. I mean, so much has gone into talking about low ridership numbers, cleanliness, safety on the train. But do you think enough attention has been put on just how fewer trains and buses there are and and how that's contributing to the discontent people feel. So I I started recording on CTA uh, kind of in the middle of the pandemic. And when I first started reporting on them, you know, one of the first things I talked about was service. But at that point, there just people had just started to come back to trains. Uh, A lot of people were still worried about the health implications of being in a confined space. They, they were working from home, you know, so ridership was still super low. Of, of course, there are always people who have to <laughs> have to be on the train, mm-hmm. but people who did not have to be on the train kind of weren't there. And then I think focus shifted a lot to cleanliness, to safety, to the experience of riding the train. And now we're back at service again because people are heading back into their offices. They are going out to, to social outings and family and just living their lives. And I think finding that a little bit difficult sometimes. And so there's definitely a renewed focus on on how often is the train running? Which train lines have seen the biggest cuts to their schedules over the last couple of years? The train schedule that had the biggest cuts was actually the Brown Line on weekdays. So, you know, if you think about where the Brown Line runs, we're talking a lot of north, northwest side people heading downtown on weekdays probably office commuters, that that train line has had a lot of cuts. But also, so has the orange line on weekdays, which heads out to Midway. 
you know, we've seen weekend service on the red line, which, as you pointed out, is one of the busiest lines. It is the busiest line, the the Saturday service on the red line, Saturday service on the brown line. All of these Mm -hmm. have seen some of the biggest cuts. And what is the biggest reason we're hearing from CTA officials for these specific cuts? Did Have they seen ridership numbers dip on those particular lines? And so that the cut is a response. You know, what's the justification? So I think across the board, we know that CTA's um, struggles with service, they have to do with a shortage of operators. That's both buses and trains. Now, uh, as to how they they decided to make cuts on specific lines. Uh, I did ask them that and they said, you know, it had to do with the frequency that trains were running and with ridership. So, so basically, you know, they're factoring those in, but they kind of determined that lines that had trains running more frequently closer together, if they started cutting on those lines, it would be less noticeable than, than a line that already had long wait times. That, that was a determination they made. That was their, their kind of, factoring in of that. Um, now, of course, the, the two very busiest lines are the, the red line and the blue line. Um, those were not, on, on weekdays during rush hour, those were not the lines that had the very biggest cuts. So, you know, there's that. And when we talk about biggest cuts, you know, you mentioned the orange and the brown line. We're talking about 25%, one fourth of their, their schedule. And over the past couple of years, we've been hearing a, I think a lot is even an understatement. It's been in the news a ton, ghost trains and buses. How are these schedule reductions related to that, right? The public schedule versus how many trains are actually running? Yes. Yeah, so that's actually where there's a little bit of good news, although maybe if you're a commuter, you're not hearing that good news. <laughs> but, um, you know, basically what was happening um, a year ago, even even earlier than that, was CTA had not cut its schedules but it still had this operator shortage that, that they're still facing. So it just wasn't running all of its trains. The trackers have the schedules uploaded into them. So the tracker says, hey, you know, the train's coming in five minutes, but CTA didn't have an operator to run that train. So that train never runs. And so, you know, it shows up on the tracker and then it disappears. And that's how you get a, a ghost bus or a ghost train officially. The schedule says one thing, but what you're living is different. Exactly. That is a ghost bus or a train. And so that's where the good news comes in a little bit is that now that CTA is cutting their schedules, the schedules line up with the trains that are actually running and the buses. So you're less likely to get ghosted. However, you do still have to wait a long time. And so they actually just just released a new set of schedules uh, for trains. And those train schedules actually have even further cuts, but CTA says those are temporary. They say it's related to construction and in, you know, like six or so weeks, um, the schedules should be back to the levels they were at this summer. Got it. So uh, a little bit of a mixed bag. Are you self-conscious about your smile? Do you only allow yourself a closed mouth grin? Well, with Aligner Experts, there's no reason for you to diminish your smile. As orthodontists, they have the privilege of witnessing the remarkable transformation of patient smiles, which often translates into a profound boost in their confidence. Yet, there always seems to be a deterrent. 
I ain't got the time, I don't have the funds. Luckily, Aligner Experts is redefining convenient and accessible clear aligner solutions. With customizable treatments, transparent pricing, and their cutting edge 3D scanners and dental monitoring technology, you can transform your smile through the convenience of your own schedule. Stop in at their West Loop or Lakeview Clinic today for your complimentary smile assessment. Aligner Experts, your destination for advanced clear aligner solutions. P.S. They got another clinic on the way, so stay tuned for their Old Town location. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care, and we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com wonder. I mean, obviously the demand is returning. We know riders are hella frustrated with their experience. And it sounds like one of the main reasons CTA isn't running more trains and buses is operators. How has their hiring push gone over the last few months, the last year? CTA has held hiring fairs. They have actually raised salaries for certain positions, offered bonuses. They're really trying to incentivize more people to come and work for them. We've seen this year CTA bus service is projected to start to come back a little bit. Um, it's still down, but they're they're going to run a few more buses. So, you know, that's that's representative of those bus operators starting to come back. We're not seeing that with train service. Part of the problem is CTA is hiring people, but they're losing a ton of people. So so mm. huge attrition and they just can't get those numbers up uh, because so many people are leaving. Are there any other major reasons that CTA isn't running more trains? You know, uh, it's really, everything I've heard is really comes down to operators. Um, ridership is down. You know, if, if you, I don't know if you are a train rider, but if you've been on, on trains lately, um, look, they're crowded. So <laughs> right, that's what I was going to say. I yeah. was like, the, the, the people are bad. I, I can't compare it to sort of pre-pandemic levels off the top of my head, but I don't see a major difference, right? You could feel in 2020, 2021, there is a big difference here. I'm not feeling that anymore when I'm standing on these platforms. Definitely. It's uh, part of that is because they are running fewer trains, but you know, it's anyone who's tried to leave the loop during rush hour uh, has gotten real friendly with their uh, with their fellow train mates. How has CTA leadership responded to these issues? We covered just a couple of weeks ago that Dorval Carter is one of the highest paid leaders of a Chicago institution or agency in the city. You know, how, how are leaders like himself responding to these concerns? You know, it's been interesting uh, to hear some of the messaging coming out of CTA. Uh, just a couple months ago in, in June, you know, in response to some advocates who were pretty upset about not, not hearing any acknowledgement of the service cuts, Dorval Carter told his own board you know, yes, uh, he basically acknowledged that that there have been cuts, but he did say we're not going to call them cuts because they intend to add back the surface. So they're calling them optimization. And, you know, that's potato, um, potato. Where the hell my train at? I think that's left a lot of people really frustrated. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yes. <laughs> 
What are some of the broader economic impacts of the reduction of the CTA service? Because if we think about it, is there a potentially vicious circle here where, right, service continues to decline? We see more optimizations and fewer people ride as frustrations grow and we see more optimizations, right? Will that cause service to just keep declining more? You know, that that's what they call a transit death spiral. Um, so it's definitely, uh, it is a possibility. You know, uh, I will say, I, I know there's a huge effort to hire people and to add back service. So hopefully that is the case. Actually, uh, we do know that ridership is still growing uh, from those pandemic lows. So that's a really good sign. People are, are you know, definitely not at pre-pandemic ridership levels, but people are still coming back, mm-hmm. which is really good. But one thing that's that's really interesting about these service challenges is that, you know, there is a much broader implication uh, for the city as a whole. So even if even if people are coming back, just all those people who have chosen not to come back to public transit yet, like this city works when people take public transit. The city is built around public transit Mm -hmm. and especially downtown, especially the loop. Right. And if people are not either not heading into the loop, they're not, you know, going places they used to go or or they're driving instead or just hopping in an, an Uber, that comes with a cost to the city. Yeah. It feels like sometimes the only people who are complimenting or, you know, talking about good news when it comes to public transit is people from out of town, people from other cities who don't have as robust a transit. Do we need to give CTA a little credit here or or, you know, maybe back off a little bit because it feels like you know, it just be, it's become the Chicago narrative. Public transit sucks, but but it feels like they are making attempts. They are trying. Do we need to maybe give them a, a little bit of grace here? Um, you know, have, have you been talking to them? Did they did they plant this question? <laughs> um. <laughs> no, but I, I'm constantly complaining, too. I've been, you know, one of the huge critics of Dorval Carter over our two years here at CityCast. I, I ride public transit. I, I've, you know, made many a testimonials, but you know, I, then I hop on and I, I get some perspective from my colleagues who live in other cities who are like, oh, you know, t- I take a 10 minute wait uh, some days. And, you know, I don't want to come to just accept that. But but I wondered, you know, as Chicagoans, do we take CTA for granted a little bit? I mean, they're definitely like, of course, everybody loves to hate on CTA. That's just like everyone loves to hate their local public transit system. I, I was in New York a while back where you know, trains were running really frequently. And I was like, oh, this is fantastic. And the people I was with were like, no, this is horrible. We hate the subway. So everybody likes to hate on their public transit system. Let's be solution oriented. We know that what CTA needs is to hire and retain people. But that can't be the only, uh, you know, options here. Are there any other routes that CTA can take to realistically improve service times? I mean, really, if we're talking about improving service times, that comes down to running more trains and running more buses. And that that's what you need are our operators. You can't run them if you have no one to, to drive the train, drive the bus. So, you know, certainly there are. Um, what a marketing campaign that would be. <laughs> I can't run more trains if you ain't driving it. <laughs> Come work for CTA now. <laughs> <laughs> do your do your city a service. But no, you know, if you ask experts, people who work at CTA, there are things that they will point to that CTA can do um, kind of behind the scenes to to help attract and retain staff. So some of that CTA is actually already doing, like like I mentioned before, raising starting salaries, uh, bonuses, you know, financial incentives. So all that's underway. But, you know, some people um, 
also point to just the conditions that that operators work in. Train drivers, also especially bus drivers, right? Like that's a hard job. <laughs> we we've all been on a train or a bus in which, you know, one of the passengers was making it harder, you know, for either the patrons or operator to do their job. And so you have seen uh, bus drivers ask for just some more protections, whether that's somebody else on the bus with them, whether that's bus infrastructure itself, shielding off the driver from the patrons, things like that. And and how does how has CTA responded to, to those calls for increased protections for operators? One of the other big things I hear are calls for just driver amenities. I guess is the way I'd phrase it. So when a driver, like a break, you know, their break room where they're where they're hanging out between bus runs, mm-hmm. access to bathrooms is like huge. So definitely, those are things that CTA is to a certain extent and can do more of improving those types of things. And they offer some student loan assistance, maybe some some mortgage assistance, getting you a crib. You know, I, I'm gonna just say I know there are some other city employees who get some of them perks when they sign up to, to work the job. So maybe extending them to bus drivers, treating them like the critical service everyone involved is claiming they are. Because if it goes back to hiring and retaining people, then you got to make sure people are working in an environment that is going to be sustaining for them. And so, you know, there, there are probably some more perks in, in the bag that they can reach for. So you're, you're listing some some pretty nice perks. If they start offering those, maybe I'll be a bus driver. So <laughs> <laughs> Come on. I, I, I do some moonlighting. We don't work on weekends. I, <laughs> I, I, I drive a 51st Street. What is something we can do? Because it feels like as a writer, my only option is to suck it up until it gets better. You know, I think definitely just keeping up the, the focus on... Um, things that writers want to see improved, right? Nothing ever changed by staying quiet. So um, uh, making sure that stays on everyone's radar, but also, um, you know, be, be kind to your bus driver, be kind to your yeah. train driver. Um, it is a tough job. They they don't need it to be made any tougher by, by all of us. Yeah. And don't give up on public transit. Like you said, we don't want the death spiral where we read these stories, we decide it's not worth riding and we just stop because you know, that that will only sort of speed up this process. And so don't give up on CTA, even as we try to hold the the agency to to as high a standard as possible. Exactly. Yes. Sarah from the Tribune. Thank you so much for making time for CityCast Chicago today. It means a lot to us. Thank you. Before I let you go, for more news and events, including a breakdown on how Chicago became a sanctuary city, head over to our website at chicago.citycast.fm. That's also where you can catch up on old podcast episodes you missed and subscribe to our daily newsletter, Hey Chicago. Of course, I gotta leave you with some good news. It's that time of the year again. Now I ain't talking about Halloween. Nominations for the Chicago Reader Best of Chicago 2023 are open. They got some new categories for you this year to check out, like Best Bowling Alley, Best Place to Propose. And, uh, you know, I don't want to brag too much, but the podcast has been named Best in the City for the last two years. And your boy looking for that MJ style 3P. So make sure you nominate CityCast Chicago for Best Podcast and Hey Chicago for Best Email Newsletter. After you've done all that, grab a ticket to hang out with our friends from the Chicago Reader this Wednesday for their second annual Ungala celebration at the Epiphany Center for the Arts in West Town. As always, I appreciate you for listening and reading. Make sure you're back here bright and early with me tomorrow morning. I'll talk to you then. Peace.
that last note was really for me because I be tapping religiously when people are talking. So 